Welcome to the Today's Market Explained podcast, hosted by Brian Castle. Brian has been a financial advisor for over 35 years and is the founder of Four Star Wealth in Chicago. He will be sharing the most important investment opportunities out there in ways that are easy to understand and hopefully even easier for you to benefit from. Brian will also be interviewing subject matter experts who can give insights into new and exciting investment opportunities. To see all the best video highlights from every episode, please follow at Today's Market Explained on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. Now, on to the episode. Hey, welcome everybody to Today's Market Explained, a four-star podcast and video series. As uh, most of our listeners uh, uh, and watchers and the videos know, uh, we do uh, market commentaries a number of times every month just to keep everybody abreast of what's going on in, in the financial world uh, directly. And then we interview some great players uh, in the financial industry, in the, in the business world, who are doing unique things and things that we think people should hear about. Um, today, we are having a going to have a conversation about life settlements. And we have Michael Friedman with us today. Uh, Michael Friedman is a leading voice in the life settlement business. Uh, he's been one of the executives of two major life settlement companies. He's a leading expert on public policy in the life settlement business. He's been involved in uh, crafting laws and certain regulations uh, in the industry as well. And he's been also been an officer of many of the industry groups that support life settlements. So Michael Friedman, um, my friend, welcome to the Four Star Today's Market Explained podcast. Brian, thank you. I'm, I'm really happy to be here and it's good to see you. Great. And, uh, and I'm coming to you today from uh, out in the desert in Arizona. So if you hear any birds, everybody, that's what's going on. It's pretty beautiful out here. Anyway, uh, and uh, Michael, thanks again. So M Michael, um, this is impressive stuff. You've been working in the life settlement business for a long time. And uh, now we all see commercials from Coventry and other, other, other places. And we see these commercials and we're like, you know, some people are watching, some people are not. Maybe we can share with our listeners what what actually is a life settlement. Let's let's go let's go very basic here. What's a life settlement? Great. Well, I certainly also hope people see the Lighthouse Life uh, commercials uh, that are that are airing. Um, yes. But it's a great question, and and really, um, uh, it starts with a, a predecessor question: is what is a life insurance policy? And a life insurance policy is a piece of property. It's an asset. It is an asset when it's created. Uh, in fact, uh, the Supreme Court of the United States in a life settlement uh, case 110, 111 years ago, back in 1911, said mm. and recognized that it was an asset, saying is it, it, that life insurance is an investment, uh, a form of investment, a form of property. And if you, and the court said, if you limit the rights of property for somebody to sell it, then it would have less value. It'd be worth less. So you start with that understanding that when you take out a life insurance policy, when you pay premiums, you're, you're buying and creating a piece of property and you're investing in that property. And when you no longer want it, need it, or can afford it, and really just think about life insurance, the life of, of, of an individual, things change over time, the kids grow up, uh, maybe they're not calling, you know, and showing the grandkids on Zoom and so you get mad at them, whatever. But the idea being that the reason you took it out may have changed over time. The kids are now in their 50s and they're fully grown. 
The needs for income in retirement are challenging. The premiums on the life insurance policy go up. So when somebody doesn't want to keep an asset, what do they normally do? They go to the market and get the best value that they can find. They don't just go and give it, give it away. You don't just go back to the car dealer and say, here's your car back. You don't go back to the developer and say, you know, here's your house back. What do you want for it? You put it on the market, on the market. And a life settlement is the market value return uh, for somebody who owns a life insurance policy. They're not going to keep it. They have that right. They then sell it. Just a little bit more detail is that it's not for everybody. It's not for everybody first and foremost. It's not what they want to do. And more importantly for the for the the market is that it's not for somebody who's in their 20s, 30s, 40s, or 50s really, because the the way the transaction, the life settlement works is that investors, uh, largely institutional investors and some large institutional investors, uh, they they buy that policy through a regulated transaction, which I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about, that uh, they then own the policy. And when, when the insured dies years later, they collect the death benefits. Well, they're not going to buy a 20-year-old's policy or a 30-year-old's policy and, and, and pay premiums for 30 years. Usually the threshold is around 10 years, 7, 10, 15 years. Some, some funds like smaller or shorter life expectancies. So it's really a senior financial service option. And that's when people who own seniors, when they own their policies often and most often are giving them up and, and are forced with a faced with a lapse or surrender of that policy. So this is an alternative to lapse or surrender, particularly for seniors. And they get a market value return that outstrips the cash value in the policy. Or if they're not going to have, if they don't have cash value or lapse, they're going to get zero. It outstrips it, and they get usually four times to as much as 10 times more. So that person who's got that policy that's invested in their policy is going to get a return for their investment in their policy that if they gave it back to the insurance company, they wouldn't. Okay. So that's really um, a life settlement. That's a life settlement. So, so I guess what we're to understand then is a life insurance uh, policy is, is an asset. It's yeah. an asset. And so like any other asset, you could sell it. Um, and a 20-year-old or a 30-year-old or a 40-year-old could probably sell it, but nobody would probably want to buy it. Or if they did, they wouldn't get much for it and it wouldn't be a very good transaction. So it really is only the seniors, like you're saying, that, yeah. that uh, could sell their policy, right? So here we are talking about selling a policy and, and settlement, as, as you say. So what do people do with it normally? Do they not? sell them or do they not? You know, what do people well, do with that? It, it, you know, Brian, it's a good question. And, and I'm sure we'll talk about it a few times, a few different ways, but every single year, several million million life insurance policies are lapsed or surrendered that are owned by seniors. Mm -hmm. the, the, the statistics are that over nine out of 10 life insurance policies that get created never pay a claim. They, they, they are lapsed or they're surrendered, 92%. So the policy that's taken out at, doesn't, you know, at any age is, is likely to lapse or surrender more than nine times out of 10. So what people do, and I, I'll even say, if you think about the lexicon of insurance, when people talk about your insurance, what do you do when you don't want your insurance anymore? We drop it. We drop our coverage. Right. It's a term we use. We just drop it. 
but you don't drop an asset, you shop it. So don't drop it, shop it. I don't want to make that a, a click phrase, but it's, it's, it's a nice term. So in the vast majority of people, uh, the millions of people who, uh, seniors particularly, who could qualify for a life settlement are lapsing and surrendering it. They don't know about it. They don't right. know that they have an asset in their hands. And frankly, even Brian, to some of our experience, you see that financial advisors and insurance agents that are helping their clients, they say, hey, look, this year that premium is so expensive, let's not pay it. We'll take the amount that you would have made, the premium payment you would have made, and we'll go invest it in something else. Right. But, it, but when they sell it, they, they get that return. They're gonna get multiples more than they would have gotten through surrender. Or, or infinitely more if they just lapsed it. And they, instead of treating that premium payment as a liability, you treat the sale of the policy and the asset value, and you have more money to reinvest in retirement. So a life right. settlement is money good for people who aren't gonna keep an asset. And instead of getting little or nothing, they get significantly more that does help them meet their retirement goals, help them right. uh, in, you know, pay for healthcare costs or other things that they may need. Millions every year that could qualify. So, so Michael, in a sense, then uh, when we when we talk of just dropping our policy, that's like you know auto, home, you know that kind of thing. We pay every year, right? And you're paying premiums, but life insurance, you're paying premiums, but it isn't like a use asset, and and it goes away. It actually builds up value, right? Cash value. Everybody's heard of insurance cash, but that value then has some additional value, uh, probably above the cash value, and that's the asset we're talking about. That's correct. And, and it, yeah, I just reinforce, you know, I, I, I've always am fascinated and I, I get a little wonky about the, what's not the non-forfeiture value, you know, that, that is expressed often in the, in the surrender value. But I get wonky when I, I, when I cite that Supreme Court. In 1911, they recognized that it's a form of investment and self-compelled savings. So yes, that's what you're doing with a life. And unlike your property insurance, your, you know, your, your, yeah, you know, your commercial insurance and other things that you're, you're paying for, your car insurance. With a life insurance policy, you're creating property when you buy it and you're investing in it when you pay premiums. So yeah, what, you should treat it as such. Yeah. Yeah, so, all right. So then the, the next elephant in the room is if nine out of 10 people let their policy lapse and they just kind of drop it, as we said, uh, that's an asset, right? So they're, they're like dropping an asset and letting it go away. Um, but that asset doesn't go away. Somebody has that asset. So who gets that asset? Well, if it's lapsed or surrendered, it, the, the, the life insurance company that issued the policy, you know, thanks you for your premiums and, 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 uh, and, and, and enjoy the rest of your life. If in a life settlement transaction, which we'll, we'll talk about also is a regulated transaction through state insurance laws and, 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 and the insurance departments, when that transaction takes place, it, it goes through a process in which the owner sells the policy in, to an investor. And, and like I mentioned, the, the, the vast majority of investors in the market are, are longstanding institutional investors that understand the space. They then take ownership of the policy. Again, through this regulated transaction, there's requirements that are really focused on protecting the, 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 the senior, you know, a protected class of, of citizen. Um, sure. by requiring lots of disclosure and all the things which we can cover. But the investor then becomes the owner of the policy, the beneficiary the, and, the, and the beneficiary. Insured remains the same. 
what's known as the measuring life. The, the, the insured life doesn't change. But then that owner, that new owner, that investor, which is aggregating often hundreds and thousands of policies into a, into a portfolio of assets, they have to pay premiums on that policy uh, until maturity, until the policy owner, until the, until the policy matures, when the insured dies. And so that's how it's, it's handled. There's full transparency in the transaction. The, uh, the insured knows who owns the policy um, and, and is uh, uh, given information prior to the transaction that give them that, um, the, 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 the choices and options of what they want to do. So there's a regular process to sell it that's heavily regulated and, and to make sure everyone's protected, uh, no one's taken advantage of, right? Basically. Yeah, I, I, I'm happy. I, you know, it's funny because we're we're in this business as what's known as a, a life settlement provider, which is a term that means we're the buyer. We have we're we're licensed in the state insurance through state insurance departments throughout the United States. Name me another asset you have to be licensed in order to buy. <laughs> you don't have to be licensed to buy a car. You have to be right. licensed to drive it. You don't have to be licensed to buy a gun. You you just have to register it. So it's interesting. We are we are required to be licensed. We have to pass through requirements of state insurance departments, background checks, financial responsibility requirements. All of our forms are subject to um, approval are required to be approved by state insurance departments. The, the amount of disclosures and requirements in the transaction are such that today in this in the in the entire United States. There is not a single consumer complaint that's been received over the last several years by state insurance departments. And as a result, there's not a single piece of legislation that's being proposed or considered anywhere in the United States, a single piece of regulation that's, oh, we have to fix a problem. The fact is consumers are getting value and they're getting it value in a well-regulated transaction that has the kind of things that I've just mentioned that, that, that are right. unlike anything else, unlike anything else. So this is really, I think this is really a great service that people can get value. They don't need the coverage anymore and they can actually um, sell the policy uh, to a regulated buyer uh, like Lighthouse Life or another company. Um, and so that's a good thing. And I, I guess what I was getting at before too, Michael, just for to clarify for our listeners is uh, nine out of 10 policies lapse and that's an asset. So the asset goes back the life insurance company. So maybe that maybe that's part of why life insurance companies are so profitable. <laughs> People just leave assets with them. You know, I don't. Uh, so so uh, may, maybe this is a right the right thing to do. And naturally, some people, you know, will hold the policy and then, you know, policy pays off on someone's passing. But um, more often, they lapse than than anything else, right? Yeah, w w way more. And and I think it's important. Uh, two things, I guess. One is. It's why I've been in the market for 20 years. It's, it's you, you find a passion and we're, we're helping people. And imagine the individual who's up late at night, hopefully sees our commercials and says, uh, geez, I, I didn't know that I could sell my life insurance policy. I have a premium notice, energy bills are up, 401ks are down. Imagine the individual who has a life insurance policy that has more value than the equity in the home that they're sitting in. They just didn't know it. Didn't know it. And, and so that, fold, that folder in the drawer or you know, that, that file that they have, that's super important. 
for folks to know that they have that and that they can go through a, you know, a life settlement and be well, well protected and well represented, et cetera. And that's super important because that's th them being able to continue to their standard of living and their co addressing costs of living and, and invest in their retirement by right. getting a market value for their, so it's just, that's, that's what we're doing. And that's why it's important for folks to hear about it, including advisors, including others. It yeah. is. And many advisors are not really aware of this uh, um, whole process as well. So obviously, like we said, we see a lot of commercials from your company and others about this, but I think the public is really pretty much unaware. And I'm really glad you could join us today to tell us a little bit more about it. Um, you, you did you did tell us more a little bit about the transaction. Is there anything else you want to cover regarding if if someone wants to sell a policy? Yeah, I think um, it, it, I do like talking about it. It, it. As you mentioned at the outset, I've, I've worked in public policy on this issue. Uh, I had a hand in drafting and, and, and adopting all of the laws that exist in this country, um, uh, it, it, which is a unique experience, but one I'm very proud of. And I, I will mention just one or two, and I think it's really, again, you, you can't find another financial services transaction with these kinds of requirements. I already mentioned licensing of the buyer. But when somebody sells their own life insurance policy, we can't buy it unless their doctor certifies to their competence. Imagine that. You have to have yeah. a doctor's note to sell your life insurance policy, which is a good thing. And importantly, it's not our doctor. It's not somebody, oh yeah, their attending physician has to certify to their competence. They have to be told when they come to us, by us, we have to tell them, hey, you know what, you may want to sell your policy, but there are other ways you should think about keeping your life insurance policy. Right. You should think about policy loans or accelerated death benefits, reducing premium so that you can afford it, you know, reducing the death benefit and reducing premiums so you can afford it. We're required to make disclosures that are not in our interest, but are in the consumer's best interest. Right. And, and, and in addition, one of, the, one of the absolute other critical things is that when we buy a policy, we get the current beneficiaries to, to, to acknowledge that that, that, that that mom or dad or the business is selling that policy. And that's consumer protection for sure, but it also, it, it, it achieves quiet title to the asset. You're not gonna find five years later or 10 years later, it's why we have no regulation or legislation pending. You're not gonna find 10 years later, hey dad, or, or two years later, dad didn't know what he was doing. We have the competency sort of, I didn't know dad was selling his policy. Yes, you did, because you were the beneficiary. So those levels of consumer protection also provide for investor protection, if you will, for the asset owners in this, in this market. Um, and again, I think the best tale of all is bottom line. Every single person who sells their life insurance policy through a life settlement does better as a matter of law and practice than if they give the policy back to the insurance company through a lapse or surrender. It's, it's a matter of law that they, we have to beat cash value. And of course, if there's no cash value, if it's a lapse situation where they're just gonna walk away from the policy, we're gonna give them more money than zero. So as a matter of practice and law, uh, the, the life settlement is money good for somebody investing in, in, a, in an asset, investing in their, their family's benefit, and they can get that some of that benefit for themselves while they're still alive. Well, this is great, great explanation, Michael. We appreciate it. So our, our investors and advisors who are working with investors can talk about this as, a, as an option uh, to consider if the coverage is no longer needed, 
um, things have changed, circumstances have changed. So um, it, it's a good, it's a good solid option. So thank you. And, and uh, Lighthouse Life uh, would stand ready to uh, consider acquiring a policy from someone if they, if they did want us to, to offer that up and sell it. Yeah, and, and I think it's important to, to go a little further into the transaction so people understand beyond the regulation that I talked about, that uh, in order for us to uh, uh, consider purchasing a policy from a policy owner, uh, we need information. And, and the, the general buckets of information that we need are uh, health information of the insured or, or the multiple insureds under the life insurance policy, as well as policy information. So we, you know, there's underwriting that has to take place and it's really both medical underwriting and policy underwriting. So when we get a contact from somebody, uh, when, when, when a financial advisor refers somebody to us or we get somebody who sees our commercial or sees us on their browser and they contact us, uh, we, we uh, start collecting health information. First, they voluntarily provide us some self-reported information, you know, their age, their, their, their health relative to other people, any conditions that they want to disclose. Also under HIPAA authorization, with, through a HIPAA authorization, we then can collect additional information. They agree to do that. You can't do that without an appraisal. You, you, the appraisal can't take place without that kind of information. So we start collecting other information. It doesn't really require them to get much more than give us the authorization and the names of their physicians. And that's done all, it's routinely done all the time. And we also need information about the policy. You know, the, what kind of life insurance policy, obviously the, the, the amount of the death benefit, um, information about the, um, the type of policy, any loans out of the policy, other factors. And importantly, what we need in order to appraise a policy is what is the current assumptions, the future premiums that have to be paid. Uh, if, if somebody were to buy that policy, they would have to pay the premium. So how do you do that? So you put those into the measures that then result in an appraisal. It's a free, it doesn't cost them any, anybody anything. It doesn't cost the, the policy owner or the insured. It certainly doesn't cost the financial advisor or, or, or insurance agent. It's saying, hey, let's, let's get it appraised. It's a free appraisal service. And if there's a value, we're gonna make an offer. And, and we're gonna offer to give that person, as I mentioned several times now, a, 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 a multiples above cash value if there is cash value. So that's really the, 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 the part of the transaction. And then again, simply boring stuff, but if, if there's an offer and an acceptance, the forms that we use are contracts that are approved for use by state insurance departments in the state in which the individual lives and, and, and the transaction you know, rolls on from there. Um, and that's, that's probably a good explanation for some of the details. Excellent. Excellent. Well, good. So if, if, if it, if it does come down to it, that any investors are listening to this or any policy holders are listening to this, like to have a conversation with us or with you, we're, we're open to doing that if, if you should choose to. So, yeah, um, absolutely. So, uh, cash flow and income from investments has been difficult. So this is an option to consider for sure. So, um, Anyway. It is. It is, and I'll 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 tease a little bit too that um, in 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 the near future we expect to also provide another investment vehicle for folks uh, that really reflects you know the positioning of a company like ours in a in a growth market. Um, and I don't want to get too much into that, but but that's something that uh, also is a way for folks to participate because yes, it's good for fixed income, but there is you know real growth upside in this market. We're starting to see 
and, and we anticipated, which is why we started Lighthouse, we are starting to see uh, some really nice private equity uh, deals in our space that reflect the growth in the business. The asset investors are, are there. There is actually more capital than there are assets to buy right now, which makes good for Lighthouse. But again, the idea that, that just being in a senior financial service business and having a, a you know, an, a, an offering uh, that reflects that is something that we're, we're, we're coming forward with as well. So they'll have multiple ways for folks to participate and, and what meets their needs. Excellent. Well, this is a much better conversation than just the blaring commercials uh, that come across our TV. So I, I'm glad we got a chance, Michael, to, oh, yeah. to spend time and, and, and dig through this. Um, so we're, we're, we're probably going to be seen by a couple hundred investors in the near term. And over the next year, maybe a thousand people will see this. So I, I always like to pose the final question that imagine you're in a room, a conference room with a thousand people and they're all watching. And, uh, and so you have an opportunity to send any other messages that you'd like, uh, any other messages you'd like to send Michael to that thousand people sitting in the conference room. Oh, goodness. Uh, thanks. <laughs> I, I guess I'd say uh, what we've said throughout this entire uh, time, which is that you're helping your client by looking at the life settlement market for your client, both as a policy owner on an asset they're more than likely going to get rid of before they die, unfortunately, but real realistically. And they should look at it as an investment opportunity um, and, and understand that that and I, again, this is my bias coming out, uh, is that it is a really safe, secure, well-regulated transaction for folks, both on the consumer side and on the investor side. But that, that, that I guess I'm just reinforcing what, what we've talked about. Um, but people really shouldn't be, uh, in, particularly financial professionals, should not think that life settlements is something a bridge too far or something they wanna stay that much further. It's, it's actually, if you think about what's happened in the last few years with Reg BI, suitability standards, fiduciary responsibilities, and while this is not a securities transaction, when somebody sells their life insurance policy, it's not a securities transaction. But the fact is that they are acting in their client's best interest when they're getting it appraised. They are acting in, in, a, in a suitable manner to, to, to get a market value return and, and, and getting a free appraisal out of it. And, uh, and if it works great. Um, so again, it's just, it's all the things that I think it's why I've been in the market all these years. And, and I, I, I guess that's where I, I throw nice. it back to you and say, thanks well, for thank the opportunity. Yeah. And I think, I think for our listeners, the basic idea is if you own a policy and you don't need it anymore, the coverage is no longer needed. Uh, don't drop it, shop it. Right. We talked, we talked about that. So don't drop Trademark. it. Shop and if you're if you're an investor looking uh, for other opportunities, this could be a good opportunity also for the income side of your portfolio. So those I think are the Very two methods I I think I'd like to offer to everybody today. And uh, and uh, we, we've had uh, a, a real uh, titan in the industry uh, here with us to share ideas. Michael, thank you very much uh, for being with us on uh, today's Market Explained, a four-star media event. Let's call it that. Um, so um, I think we'll leave it there, Michael. Thank you for joining us. And uh, thanks, everybody. We'll be back with another interview uh, very soon with another uh, important uh, player in the investing world. 
And we'll have a market commentary uh, issue coming out as well right after this one. So again, thanks everybody for being with us on today's Market Explained today. And uh, we'll be back soon. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, the best way you can support us is to leave a five-star review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And if you heard something here that someone else you know will find value from, please share the episode directly with them. Want us to answer your investing question directly on the next episode? Go to todaysmarketexplained.com, scroll all the way to the bottom, and submit your question. Please follow at Today's Market Explained on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube to see the best moment video clips from every episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and keep on growing out there, everyone.